Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. You are in the gap with Hussain. The following is a conversation I had with Aditya Kumbo Adinie or in short Adi. Adi came to Australia about 5 years ago. He works with Westpac Bank um and he's originally from Nigeria, but the important thing within this conversation is not the fact that he works at a bank. The important part of this conversation is that he is the proud owner of one of the first Nigerian restaurants in Sydney and within wider Australia. Uh this is a conversation I wanted to have for quite a while. I'm really glad that Ade took the time out to come out here and have a conversation with us and share his story of how he developed the space of a little Lagos. That is his restaurant. Um I'll be posting the link to the restaurant and uh, everything that Ade has been up to uh in the description for this video. Please check it out. These kind of conversations are extremely important because the little Lagos it's not just a restaurant it is a space for the african community or for the in in a wider sense the black community to actually come up and own a space for themselves and that is the ethos that ade has been following since the start of the restaurant uh, it's a very interesting conversation we get to talk about his early life all of his experiences all over the world in different countries uh, coming into australia coming up with the idea of a space for his own community turning it into a reality we also discuss the business side of it on you know all the all all the things that you don't understand about owning a restaurant uh, if anybody who is trying to think about coming up with an idea or starting a new business ade's insight can provide some really good information on you know how you can go about starting your own ethnic cuisine restaurant and now my conversation with ade let's roll the intro something happening it's always an event some of them you have to be there basically depending on the profile how was the wedding oh uh, it was fun actually it was <laughs> did, did you have a long night it was a long day yeah because it started at 12 and it yeah. went until yeah like 10 p.m but i left <laughs> because um we had a v- event at the venue uh, yeah right yeah unfortunately my security guy had to call in sick mm. so yeah so i had to quickly step in basically be security for the night yeah. yeah the multiple hats you have to yeah. wear you know when running a business <laughs> that's it you you're everything you're the accountant you're the security yeah, you're, yeah, the, yeah. you're the chef you know um I'll, i'll tell you a story uh, so when i tried to when i found out about lagos and your yeah. story and everything right i tried to get in touch Uh, LinkedIn I don't think you use LinkedIn that much. Not much I, I, yeah, yeah, I I I because the last update on your LinkedIn was just for when you were working in the back. Yeah. So that was that. So I figured that maybe you don't check uh, LinkedIn as such. Then I tried to reach Kemi. Okay. Now Kemi was in Brisbane. Yeah. Obviously at that time and yeah. she didn't have contact with you, but then what I decided I was like, look, if it's a restaurant, right? and i'm going to be talking to a restaurant owner and if i'm going to recommend something i might as well go try it right yeah. because i was i was genuinely interested in yeah. trying nigerian cuisine yeah. i'd never tried it before okay so about a month ago i went into lagos and i i, I did go and have <laughs> that that's when i handed them the letter okay so, yes yes so, yes so so, yes. so 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 i thought that i'd i'd drop the letter yeah. i'd have dinner yeah. and you know that yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, so so smart. but but you know what i found was interestingly i'm from pakistan okay right uh i had the goods too yeah. and the jollof rice yeah very very similar to pakistan yeah it is like yeah. the kind of spices yeah. and the 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 curries that uh, we have yeah so the goods too because pakistan has a uh, pakistan doesn't have a lot of lamb Okay. Ma- majorly we have goat. Goat, yes, that's yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And and for people who who know the difference like goat is very different to lamb, right? It's yeah. very different the yeah. texture, the taste, everything, everything is yeah. different. 
So Pakistan, we really used to go. But ever since I've been in Australia for about five years, so most of the stuff that I've over, uh, had over here is lamb. Yeah. So having goat again and having those such same flavors, good, it, it, flavor. it, it felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. A lot of people also um, mis, um, misrepresent lamb as goat. Yes. Yeah. You have to be careful when you go to the butchers. A lot of them will try to sell you lamb. That, 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 that happened to me because what they call it, they call it mutton. Yes. So mutton is lamb and That's goat right. both. Yeah. So you have to tell them that you yeah. want goat. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, uh, so... Adi, the, the first thing I would always try to ask of our guests and try to understand from them is basically where they're coming from. Yeah. And in your case, understanding the context of who you are yeah. and where you're from and your ethnicity and your culture, it's, yeah. it's very um, un- important to understand that in order to understand the story behind Lagos. Yeah. Right. So yeah. uh, just run me through like your early life and like yeah. coming up, your education and how you basically before coming to australia everything leading up yeah so a bit of a gypsy really um my dad we moved around a lot so we lived in we lived in london and uh, south east london um we lived in dubai i went to school in romania i was living in romania for about seven years yeah. which is interesting because i speak fluent romanian and it's just the wildest thing to see a black person speaking <laughs> romanian it's, can't imagine anything yeah. more shocking yeah you, you someone should, maybe if you actually you, you could pull this prank you actually go up to romanian and you start whenever speaking i romanian. ever overhear romanians uh which is very rare yeah but like you stop in dubai more often because there's a few romanians there so it will be on a train or maybe in a club or something yeah and then you hear two people talking in romanian yeah and you're just like i just kind of like joining the conversation and at first day it's it they just feel like no that didn't happen you know because they look at me and they go it couldn't have been him you know and <laughs> yeah. then i'll say something again and then they'll be like like sometimes they, they think i know just a word or two yeah. that i picked up and then we'll end up having a full conversation um but yeah look i'm from lagos i'm um Born and raised, um, where I don't know, four or five generations from Lagos, from a town called Ekbe. Um, it's very significant because not a lot of people are actually from Lagos. It's a hub. Mm. So it's, it's you know, it's where everyone comes to to comes make to. a life kind of thing. Yep. So it's a massive city. Yep. I think about twenty-five million people, densely mm. populated. Um, so for those of us that are from Lagos, I guess indigenous to Lagos, there's a pride there that you know this is my city, this is my hometown, yep. this is where I'm yep. from. It means a lot. Mm. Um, for us and you always want to represent that because that identity is very strong um and especially because there's not too many of us as well mm. so you kind of want to maintain that culture you want to maintain that identity and uh even though we moved around one of the things my parents were obsessed about was we had to speak our language um so we, we spoke english a lot because we we're a british colony so our school education was in english but every chance my parents got they spoke to us in yoruba mm-hmm. and so all of us we lived outside of the country most of our life we all speak Yoruba fluently we understand it and i think that's formed a big part of my cultural identity because i know who i am where i'm from i know my story i know my history yeah and it doesn't matter where i end up in the world i take that that part with me and uh moving here was in 2016 so not far from when you moved here i think yeah 2016 and yeah, it's just you basically have to start all over again. You know, it's the you immigrant do. story. Yeah, you know? it is. It yeah. is, and and that's what I try to capture in the podcast is because um, a concept that I have been brewing in my mind is the concept of you know hashtag also Australia. Yeah, like these are stories, stories you might have seen maybe in other podcasts yeah. that I've done or your story yourself. This is also Australia. Yeah, and the immigrant experience is increasingly forming a very huge part of the Australian identity. Yeah. 
because uh, as the country grows as it's uh, poised to grow over the next 50 years immigration is going to play a huge part of it yeah. and it and with those immigrants it's not just the people who are coming over it's also all of those backgrounds and cultures and you know those ethnic ethnicities that are coming over yeah. and i mean so far I, i i like the way that australia has been expanding as a multicultural society at least within the you know the bigger cities yeah. melbourne sydney brisbane is now coming up so it's yeah it's re- it's really important i believe to showcase these showcase these diversities yeah and celebrate them yeah. and finding overlap in them yeah like i tell you what i before having this conversation with you right i i did my research i try, <laughs> i read up on nigeria yeah. i looked at nigerian history <laughs> yeah. i understood lagos because i i wanted to have like a a a, a good understanding a good understanding yeah. a, a good footing in order to have a conversation with you right yeah. um i found a huge huge overlap between the pakistan experience and the nigerian experience you'd be amazed lagos and the city of karachi okay. that i'm from yeah. exactly the same wow karachi has 20 million people wow. lagos has 25 million people yeah. uh, nigeria and pakistan were both british colonies that's right heavily influenced by the british colonizers a lot of historically if you look at it majority of the natural resources taken away in times of yeah. colonization yeah. um a lot of the issues that nigeria faced after independence civil war yeah. uh, between the different be, between sectarianism between yeah. the different types between different religion exactly the same as what has happened in pakistan wow. and you'd be amazed and also the way that uh, that lagos has a spirit of its own yeah. you know the city of lagos it's like you said a place where people come to achieve their dreams yeah. to build a career for anything even yeah. nollywood yeah. for example right yeah. that that's all lagos based yeah. um karachi is exactly the same mm. and I just found it very interesting that these countries that have um a shared colonial past. Yeah. It's really interesting how the history of their democracies and then the military coups and then civil wars it all it like in in Pakistan's part of the world it 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 unraveled the same way it did in Nigeria. Wow. So that was really very, yeah it's it's very fascinating to me i mean you and i could i mean apart from little lagos and discussing the restaurant like you and i could actually sit down and you know now that you said that you actually enjoy history yes. I, i love history myself yeah. right getting into it so like we could actually have an entire conversation around just that. around that the, yeah. the the parallels between the two countries yeah. it was very interesting um yeah okay so so i i i can completely relate to like where you're coming from so lagos is where you spent like your teenage Yeah, close to that. Um yeah, close to that, but I I think a lot a large part of my teenage years was spent between between London and between Dubai. Yep. Yeah, so actually I'd say I came of age in Dubai as well, yep. you know. So grew up there and um this is in the 90s, I think. Yeah, mm. late 90s. So it's um it's also part of us because I think Dubai was quite close to home. Mm. So we didn't feel that we were too far away from home. London is home. Like if you ever been to London, it's like yep. you're in Lagos. Is and, it? Yeah. There's nothing you want or need that you can't find in London. In in London, yeah. Nothing. Um culture, parties, churches, mosques, food, drinks. It's it's yep. literally all there. I've I've only been to London once. Yeah. I was there for like I think 5 days. uh but yeah i i i completely get the vibe like yeah. uh the thing i generally like about europe in general is it's steeped in so much history yeah of course so yeah. so much history yeah. right now how they built that history is a separate thing <laughs> how they we're built we're talking about a british <laughs> we're, 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 not, we're not we're not talking about that we will we'll get into it maybe yeah. in some other day but uh 
Yeah, absolutely love the history there. There's so much to see. Like even if you walk down uh even the inner inner suburbs of London like take the Globe Theatre for example or yeah. maybe the Sherlock Museum at Baker Street or where the fire broke out. It's very small things but yeah. but steeped in history. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've so been around. They've been around for a while. I think yeah. they figured out a lot of things earlier than most people and they've been able to take advantage of that. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So you moved around uh, around all of these places. So what I'm understanding is that everywhere you went in your teenage, you had access to Nigerian food and Nigerian yeah. culture where you where you where you went. Yeah, except maybe in Romania. Yeah. I think there wasn't real access there. But the the, yeah. the good thing about that was like Bucharest was three hours by flight to London, mm. even less. So again, I remember we used to just be in and out of yeah. London every time, and then you'd be able to. Get everything you wanted and sometimes we would just take stuff back with us mm. when we went when we were going back to school um so then we'll always have like food stuff and things like that yeah and everywhere we met other nigerians would form like a little community mm-hmm. and uh, always make sure we hung around each other cooked together celebrated all the in birthdays and things like that together nice one nice so how long were you in london bro? uh in and out almost maybe 15 years in okay. and out yeah okay so that that's a that's majority of yeah. That's there. majority. That's that's the thing. Like you in there, you're out there, you're in there, but you're also influenced by because you're growing up, right? You're making yeah. friends. You're coming of age. Mm. You're discovering yourself, discovering yeah. things while you're there, and then you leave, and then you come back. But yeah. I think most Nigerians in London would confirm this. You don't miss home too much in London really because the community is there. It's just massive. You know, yeah. I have. I had like a street in Thamesmead where half of the people living there were my family. Like, you know, related to my family in some way. Cousins, extended cousins, and an entire street. So if you got on the bus heading towards Thamesmead, either from Plumstead or Woolwich, <laughs> you would be on the bus and you would be saying hello as people are getting on. You just say hello, 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 because <laughs> literally you know everyone then. By the time you get to the last stop, everyone comes off, yeah. and it's just like everyone's going into their homes. So, so, so maybe London was a little Lagos. I think so, yeah. I think London is the original. There's a place called Peckham. Yeah. In London, that is a little Lagos. Yeah, yes, right. without a doubt. It's just everything is just there. Yeah. So around that time, was that when you started cooking for yourself, your home-cooked... Uh, yeah, boarding school. Foods? I went to boarding school a lot as well. So yeah. you tend to fend for yourself in boarding school. Um, obviously, college, living alone. Mm. Yes, definitely. Um, I, was, uh, I, was an, I was the only male child. I had four sisters growing up. Mm. So the kitchen wasn't where you would always expect to find me. Yeah. But my stepmom was... Like, you have to know how to cook. Like, there's nothing special about you being a son. Yeah. You have yeah, to cook as well. Yeah. So, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from my sisters. Yep. You know, just learning how to cook. And I think someone asked me this the other day, like, did you always want to have a venue? And the answer was yes. I always wanted to have a venue. Oh, you always wanted Yeah, to. always. Even when I was, like, 15 years old. Okay. If I, if I went into a restaurant or a venue, I always thought of what I would do different at that age, you know. And if I watched a movie... And there was a scene there where there was a venue or establishment or a yeah. nightclub. Yeah. I remember Romeo Must Die, this film with DMX and Aaliyah. I kept looking at the whole, oh, I would have done it this way. I would have put the DJ there and things like that. Yeah. So I, I think it's a sense of community for me. Um, I just always wanted to have a little place for me, my yep. friends, my people. Yeah. It's like, this is our spot. And to add to that point, like that's the vibe that I got from the restaurant when I went in there. Yeah. It's not just the food. No. It's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way that you've set it up, the way you've done the interior decoration, the little ornaments on the walls, yeah. the paintings, the yeah. pictures, yeah. and 
and one thing i really loved about is that you also promote your nigerian uh, music stars up, yeah. up there like you you uh, i think you have meetups at little lagos every single time if any yeah. artist comes here yeah. whether they're massive mega stars or they're just starting it's it's a that's a point of call for them to come and before they come sometimes we're not even associated with whoever is doing the event but mm. we take it upon ourselves to keep promoting it and then yeah. they'll be like oh you guys are thank you it's like well we're doing it for ourselves too because this is someone from our you know part of the world yeah. so yeah it's it's you're absolutely right it was it's never a restaurant i yeah i always cringe every time people call it a restaurant cuz you know we intentionally i didn't use the name restaurant in any branding it's just yeah. called little lagos you know bistro bar whatever cuz you have to describe what it is yeah. if i had my way i'll just call it little lagos because no, that's what it is that's it yeah no bistro it's no the, bar it's you know the, just it's the spirit of the city that you want to bring exactly, to, exactly. to to the place yeah I, and people should be able to come in without being in the mood to eat. Yeah. You just want to come and hang out. You just want to listen to music. You just want to yeah. have a drink. You know, you just want to meet up your friends. Yeah. yeah. You should be able to come there. Nothing. Oh, I have to order a meal or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. Uh, one thing maybe if you could do, if, is there is there a tea drinking or a coffee culture in Lagos? No. So, yeah. I need to put this out there. Clear. Ah. Yeah. I'll still stand on no. And one, one thing when you talk about Nigeria, and I know we're not really talking about Nigeria, we're talking about Lagos and that part of the world is we're very... Um, we're not homogeneous people at all. We're very different. Like if you went north, yep. you're you're meeting a whole different a whole different kind of people. Yeah. yeah. Different culture, different menu, different food. Mm. I think they drink tea in the north. Okay. Um I I can't stand on that, but I I mm. would I would think they too. Mm. We don't drink tea in mm. in the southwest yeah. where Lagos is. Yeah. Um I mean we do, but it's not a, it's not culture. It's not a staple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. For people who don't understand the geography of Nigeria, <laughs> uh, Niger- Lagos is at. I'll put an image of the map on Nigeria yeah. up here as well. So Lagos, that is the biggest city of the country. It's in the south, and as you go up towards the north, you meet the sub-Saharan states, yes. and that is where it starts getting a lot arid and a lot desert. Uh, yeah, very dry. Uh, very dry. Yeah, very hot. And and the northern regions of Nigeria is where actually the Muslim influence and the Arab influence yeah. came in a lot into Nigeria. Yeah. And with that, they brought the coffee culture. That yeah. was part of the yeah. the the, um, uh, the Arab nomads. Yes, basically. Yeah, so we don't drink coffee. It's not it's not a thing at all. Um, mm. I think in Africa, I think yeah, yeah. I think the East yeah. Africans drink yeah. coffee, yeah. and it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I brought that point up because Pakistan has a huge tea drinking culture. Okay, chai. We call it chai, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a huge culture around chai. That chai is something that in the evening, like like people sit here at the pub, right? Right. With friends, right? Yeah. Uh, like beers and peanuts. Yeah, after work. After work, right? Yeah. So chai is the same thing for us because Muslim country we, we don't have alcohol. alcohol yeah. We don't drink alcohol. So chai is that thing nice. that brings everybody together. At the end of a day, you sit down with some friends at a shabby hotel. Yeah, and just just have tea. Just have tea over there, right? So amazing. It's a, yeah. So that that's and and that culture is now um, the the modernization of that culture is now in the forms of these little cafes Cafe, all yes. across Pakistan right, that okay. serve chai because traditionally. All of these tea places, those tea stalls, were not places for family. Got gotcha. you, right? They, they yeah. were just they were just men or yeah. like construction workers or or you know da- yeah. da- daily wages, right? Now it's turned into this family thing that even like a group of girls are just out there having having chai yeah, and just socializing, just socializing. Yeah, so, and that same concept, a couple of people have started in Sydney as well. Nice. So there's this place in Blacktown called Aussie Chaiwala. 
Okay. Yeah, so so they started a food truck and that's all they do. They they do chai and Amazing. they do a number of different snacks. Amazing. That's see I like things like that. I I like that because it's not massive. You know, it's it's a, like a small little niche thing and people can easily easily yeah. tap into that. Exactly. And and these guys they're open they I think they open around 6 in the evening. Nice. And they're open until 2 a.m. Nice. Which is exactly how it would be for people in, in, in Pakistan, Pakistan exactly. in Pakistan because you're keeping you, it authentic yeah keeping yeah. it authentic and and uh, this place is like um you're hungry at night 11 at night midnight yeah you have nothing to do you but you can't sleep what do you do you call up your friends you hang out at the chai place you have a few chais and then you go home nice that, wow. that's the vibe of it amazing yeah and even now the the cricket world cups going on So stay up yeah, they, they actually the put up huge screen over there for people to actually watch the matches. Nice. So again, it's the vibe of the country and the culture that you're bringing to it. Yeah, right? and I think the authenticity for me is very important. I love the fact that they kept it the way it would be. Because if you were to go to Pakistan, yep. you'd be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I experienced in Blacktown. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, at what point did you did you come to Australia then? 2016. I came and, and, and run me through, sorry, the the, yeah. the process of like how Australia, uh, from like from oh, from man. Europe to Nigeria not, to, <laughs> to Australia, how, how did that happen? Yeah, look, it was not in the plan. Let me just put it that way. Okay. I didn't know anyone here. Uh, I knew one person, sorry, one person, family yeah. friend, Pamela. She lived in Liverpool. That was mm-hmm. the only person I knew. I was okay. supposed to move to Canada. Okay. My sister lives there. Um, and then while I was doing the whole PR thing, yeah. the lawyer then was like, oh, I could do Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> I was like, Australia what? Yeah. I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. And then he's like, you know, Australia is like Canada. It's a very nice country, very developed. Like if you like Canada, you would like Australia. It's mm. the only difference is the weather in Australia is better. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's also at the end of the world. Like, yeah. it's far away. Far away. It's like, well, if you get PR, if you don't like it, just leave. Like, there's no yep. thing. So that was it. So, yeah. And as you would have it, sometimes, I guess, destiny, the Australian PR was, like, processed really quickly. Yep. Then I came in, and I was like, I don't know anyone here. And then I realized one of my friends, Michelle, she's Australian. Mm-hmm. We're friends in Dubai. And she had moved back home. So she was like, "No, nah, I'm back home." You know, I was like, "Where are you?" She's like, "I'm on the Gold Coast." I was like, "Where is the Gold Coast?" <laughs> uh, and she's like, "It's in Queensland." I was like, oh. "So anyway." And then I started asking questions, and she's like, yeah. "Yeah, it's a good country. It's nice. It's safe. Yeah, stable. You yeah. know, there's nothing yeah. really chaotic happening." Um, and that's it. So I said, oh, "I'll stay a year, hmm. suss it out, see if I like it." And it's been six years now. Six years. Yeah. yeah. You came in 2016. 2016. I I I I came in in 2018. Yeah. At start of 2018. 2018. Yeah. So towards yeah. the end of 2016 like I think November yeah. or something's when I finally got and, here. And you came up and joined up with the bank straight away? Yeah, yeah. So I just started working. I started working immediately. Um I had a recruiter and she found a job like literally the next week. Mm. And then that was it. And then you know you start to discover the city. You start to make friends, you meet people. You're like, "Okay, Sydney I think is amazing, you know, as a city. It's, it's you know, there's a lot happening in Sydney. Yep. So I definitely think part of the reason I stayed was because I was in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And also like you said because Australia is so far apart from the rest of the world, people in Sydney and Melbourne they have to make their own fun. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and and that is why the the vibe of and and th- because there's there's so much going on yeah. in Sydney and um, in in Melbourne. Melbourne so yeah. That that's why they do it. Um also 
as as a point of interest like uh, the the night that i came to little lagos yeah. just before that i was attending the sydney fringe festival oh nice yeah. yeah yeah did you hear about that one yeah of course yeah, yeah. so so there's a um, there's activations all over the city all, all over the, the city venues, yeah. especially around inmore and everything so i'd actually gone and seen a, a play over there before that nice. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, what bank were you at? Uh, Westpac. Westpac. Yeah. Okay. And and you worked with Westpac up to I've only worked there. They're a great employer. Yeah. I must say, yeah, I've only worked there. Um And you're still working with them? I I'm actually going back uh tomorrow. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what you took some time off? Yeah, I took some time off. Yeah. Okay. Just like I think because of Brisbane, there's a lot of work, so mm. I took some time off. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, now now we get to the story about Little Lagos. Yeah. Right? Okay, so put me in your place. You've come to Australia in 2016. You're yeah. away from family. You don't have access to Nigerian food. Yeah. What happens? I think the first thing was um when I arrived there was someone doing Nigerian food in Bankstown. Yep. And I used to go and I met the owner. It was an uncle. It was very nice and we started talking. I asked him, "Oh, he's like, "Yeah, I want to do it, but it's not a permanent thing." Yeah. Um, I think he was more concerned about enough clientele, enough customers. But the the big thing for me was it's not just about Little Lagos or the restaurant. There was just no black owned spaces in Sydney, like none. Mm. So, like you said earlier, you have to go to the pub. I don't drink alcohol, so yes, I can go to a pub and I can have a sprite, I guess. But I don't like the music in a pub. Uh, there's a lot of people in a pub who are drinking having a good time which is great for them but I'm not so comfortable in a pub because I don't think I'm having the best time of my life yeah and everywhere else I've been there's places where you just go in and you meet your people's um Nigerian people or the African people yep. you're eating you're drinking so I think that was it was more of a desire for that than actually having a restaurant yeah because like you said if you live in Sydney and you're like i want to experience i'm sick of eating pakistani food or indian food or thai food hey i want to try nigerian food i want to hang out with nigerian people yeah. i want to hear nigerian music where are you going to go in a whole city of 5 million nowhere yeah. and for me it was mind blowing because sydney is a very important city yeah you know when you talk london new york tokyo you have to mention S- sydney sydney's on the map and i was just blown away by that so not having any black spaces was something for me that was alarming cuz i was like so where do we go as black people or yeah. if we want to do an event we have to go to a pub and explain and maybe they don't understand the concept maybe mm. they're like yeah no we don't think this is fit for our brand which is perfectly normal mm. so it was out of that obviously you can't have a venue without food you know food is it's important because yeah. people want to eat people yeah. want to have that experience and yeah. also if you want to get the attention of non-nigerians food is probably your best best <laughs> it's the best carrot that you can dangle i mentioned this in like a couple of podcasts ago that food is basically the language that helps you communicate between yeah. cultures right yeah 100% it, it's like the, it's the connector it's the one medium that everyone can relate to subscribe to even if they have completely different opinions about everything else in the world yeah they would have like you know pakistani food and everyone would be like yeah that was good yeah for sure like, you know what i mean so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, food food was um, yeah. a main part of the the reason that I wanted to have that space yeah. as well and and that was it so i think it was more of that just saying we we definitely need a black space nice. if, if you want to do your birthday party mm. you know and you're a black person and you want to play afrobeat music or hip hop yeah. or drill or whatever you don't have that space no you have to go rent a hall pay a fortune You know, maybe they won't let you bring your own food. Maybe mm. they will, you know, they'll keep all these restrictions on you yeah. and you're just like, "Oh, I'm just going to do it at home." Yeah. Then you have to clean up after everyone's gone. Yeah. So, 
it was more out of a desire for us having a black space in Sydney, at and least one. No, I really admire that. Like, it's more of like a cultural revolution, you could say. Yeah. Like, like, like making your own space. Yeah. In a place where you you don't identify a space. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was for for me. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting that identity and your background plays a huge role in the person yes. that you are. Yeah. Um. I'm from Lagos, you know. We we like to say people from Lagos we're the real celebrities, you know, we're the real stars. <laughs> yeah, right. Um because we're very um we're very industrious, we're very we're very adventurous. We like to do stuff, we like to shake, you know, shake the world. We like to make an impact. Mm, mm. Um, and when you when you visit the city, you can clearly see why. You know, you mentioned Lollywood, Nollywood, the music mm. that comes out of it, the fashion, the art. You'll be surprised by what's coming out of Lagos um yes. at the moment. And I was saying to my sister the other day, if you look at any successful program in the States or in the UK, just read the credits and read the names of the people who put it together. Yeah. Because sometimes you see black people and you think, oh, they're just black people. I'm like, half of them are Nigerians. Really? When you start reading the names, you really? know? Um, yeah. And when you start meeting people, you start hearing the names. Are they Tunde? Are they Ola? They might not speak Yoruba because they were born and raised in the States. Yeah. But, but that's Nigerian 100%. heritage. 100%. And that's their parents as well. That's nice. the drive from their parents. That's, yeah. the, that's the hustle spirit that we have. Interesting. So it was, it was definitely born out of that mm. to make sure that in Sydney, mm. there has to be a little Lagos. There has yeah. to be a place where... There has to be. Like, like because... To be honest, when I heard the name Lagos, I knew that Lagos was a city. I just didn't know where it was. Yes. Like, right? But yes. but for me, somebody who had absolutely no knowledge of Africa or uh, you know how the countries are divided up in Africa yeah. or Nigeria itself, but I still knew the term Lagos. Yeah. I knew that that's a city. So yeah. it, it's major. Yeah, you would have heard it before somewhere I've and it would ring a bell like, ah, oh, Lagos, Lagos. Yeah, that's what people do. They see little Lagos. The first thing they do is Google. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, oh, yes, that makes sense. That makes Nigeria. sense. Yeah. yeah. And and like for people who don't really realize the importance of Nigeria to the African continent, Nigeria is the largest population um in in the african in yeah. the african continent nigeria is the most rapidly progressing economy yeah. in that region uh, nigeria has uh, and and a lot of that economic growth is coming from lagos yeah. itself because yeah. that is where everything that's is concentrated yeah. yeah that's, that's the, the hub, hub. Yeah. interesting and uh, again that's an overlap that i find with karachi because karachi is kind of like the business hub of pakistan. of pakistan right? right and with that the culture that you said that lagos has this energy there yeah. there is this air of hustle yeah Right? Yeah. Everybody's Everyone's hustling. Driven. Yes. Everybody's driven. Everybody's yeah. making money, getting things done, you know, hustling. Yeah. So that kind of grind is also something that is synonymous with Karachi. Nice. Again, again it's something that yeah. and and, and uh, then the hip hop that comes out of that that city, a city that is as industrious and as grinding as that. Yeah. The kind of hip hop I believe is that is now coming out of or the music that's coming out of Lagos. and the kind of music that's coming out of karachi there's an wow. overlap there as well there's a parallel I'm yeah be- because all of those artists that you have up on little lagos right what are they talking about they're talking about a hard life yeah, in the a struggle. T- I- I- the yeah. struggle in a yeah. tough city yeah. they're talking about a country that has a thousand different problems yeah. a thousand different divisions yeah. how people are divided and then they use all of that as fuel for their songs that's right which is exactly what hip hop artists in pakistan are doing now yeah. again yeah. an overlap over there wow yeah nice um okay so coming back to the story of little lagos then um no no i i get it there's this uh, emotional side of the story that you know you wanted a place for yourself you wanted a black space you wanted a space where you know you could celebrate your culture and ethnicity yeah. but now when you try to turn it into a reality there's the the business side of it yeah. you know the nuts and bolts so um 
another thing that I wanted to get out of this conversation was that if anybody is thinking about the idea of starting an ethnic restaurant yeah. or or an ethnic space or for space themselves or, venue, or, or, or a space or a venue yeah. right so how does one go about it like what are what are some of the things that you had to find out the hard way that oh, you would get, that that you would tell people that you could do this or that oh where do i start from finance finance is a big one yeah yeah finance is a big one like you have to put in your own money mm. unless you know maybe maybe for people like me and you it might be different cuz we're immigrants and we just got here so yep. we don't have property or you know you don't have collateral basically. collateral or mo- a lot of money in the bank so whatever money you have is the money you brought with you mm. um so finance is massive the banks here are very interesting like yeah i remember when i went to ask for a loan to start a business i had a business plan i was like this is the best idea i was like <laughs> i thought the banks would be like jumping over themselves to be like whoa a black owned <laughs> venue the first of its kind and they could see the vision like imagine if we had one in every city i thought the banks would be like on my case right yeah right <laughs> no one of them were interested they were just like what no i was like do you not understand that you know this this, this is going to be a, such a niche but then a massive market is nothing like this in the entire country yeah so can you not see that no one would be interested and i was like what the you know they, i remember one bank i can't name them they were like do you want money for a vacation I was like, "What?" They're like, "Yeah, we can give you a loan for you to go on vacation and then you can pay that back." I thought they were teasing, but I was like, "Really?" They're like, "Yeah." It's yeah. so like you rather give me a loan to go to Bali or, you know, Thailand and blow it away yeah. than to give me a loan to start yeah. a business that would employ people. And it was yeah, it was bizarre. But look, they they have their own metrics, so you can't yeah. really argue with that. But finance is finance is the biggest one. It's mm. expensive to start a business here. The most expensive I've ever I've, I would I've lived in five cities. Mm. Yeah, Australia is crazy. So rent's very expensive. With the rent comes bond that you have to pay. With your rent comes outgoings, your bills, your water rates, council rates, this rate, like all of that. Yeah. And then there's no protection for commercial tenants in this country. That's one thing I've noticed. The commercial landlord has your literally neck and they squeeze it whenever they want. There's no protection. If you want to go to law, court, good luck. You'll be there for like three years. Okay. So massive imbalance between you as a tenant renting mm-hmm. and as a commercial landlord. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy, it's a whole different story because I think you need 30% deposit mm-hmm. to buy a commercial um, place. So those are the big things. Um, staffing is also a major, major problem. Is it? Yeah. Especially when you need specialized skills. Like you want a Nigerian making Nigerian food. That's that's common sense. Mm. You want it to be authentic and original. Mm. So that's hard because there's not a lot of Nigerian chefs, Nigerian cooks around. Mm. If you want to bring them in, you can, but it would take you literally two years. Like the bureaucracy is crazy. Yeah. So, and I think um, those would be the hardest part. I think finance is the most difficult part. Real estate is also very difficult because you have to convince the landlord to rent you their property. Yep. And you're ethnic. If the landlord is not ethnic, which they nine out of ten they're not, they just like no. Some of them said things to me like, "It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to pay your rent." Like what? And some of them were like, "Is your food smelly? Is it going to smell up the entire building?" Somebody asked you yes. that. Yes, they asked you yeah, that. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. Yeah, you have to sit there and smile because you're the one that wants to rent the property. They don't care. Wow. And <laughs> one guy <laughs> said, "I can't hire." Muslims. This was a guy in Newtown and I was like he didn't know I was Muslim anyway so he was just going on a rant and he said you can't hire anyone that wears a scarf. So I said with all due respect they're working for me. What does that have to do? He's like yeah but if people 
are walking on the street and they see anyone wearing a scarf in this piece, they will never come. They will never come. You have to go to Black, uh, Black, Blacktown for that. He said that to me. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, what if it's my sister working there? You know, because I'm Muslim. And my yeah. sister, maybe she's wearing a scarf. And then he, you know, he's like, oh, snap. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, if you want to, it's your problem. It's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're an ass, whatever. Yeah. So you will go through everything. Um, and then if they do rent you the place as well, yeah. you know, a lot of times there's just so many hidden costs mm. pop, popping up out of nowhere. Mm. Oh, the fan, yeah, it doesn't really work that well. You have to fix it because you're the tenant. Yeah. And if you check it before, you can't check everything. You can't go down to the seawall and check if the pipes are not blocked. You only find out when you turn on the you know, the tap. Yeah. Yeah. And the place, you know, gets flooded and you're like, Oh, what happened? Oh, sorry, it's you. You have to fix it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So labor is expensive, as of course, you know. Of course. You know, call out fee, if you call a plumber just to come, it's two hundred dollars. Yeah, everything's expensive out. Look at it. Um I don't want people to to sound <laughs> like, Oh my god, I'm not doing yeah. that. You absolutely can't do it. It's just um you have to be prepared with a lot of money. You have to manage your expectations as well. Yes. I would say start small, yep. you know, which is what we kind of did in Newtown. Get a smaller place yep. and then keep growing um, in, in the space before taking on a big place. So before you approach the banks and everything, you kind of um, beta tested this idea with uh, with a food installation, like a yeah. pop-up, I think. Yes, 100%. So I, I think that can be like a proof of concept, 100%. Right? That is a proof of concept. That is, the first pop-up we did was 2018 at AfriCultures Festival. We sold out in 45 minutes. Wow. Like, sold out. And we had people on the line. Yeah. And we had to go and tell them that we're out of food. And they were like, what? But we, luckily, we had a commercial kitchen not yeah. too far away. Yeah. So we split up and half of us ran back to the commercial kitchen and started prepping again. Every single pop-up I've done before I even went to the bank, it's been sold out. Every, and we bring a lot of food. Yeah. And these are not just Nigerians. This was a mixture of everyone because the Nigerians were actually the last people to catch up on it because mm. most of them would cook at home anyway. Yeah, their yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. So eating out was not a big priority. So yeah, we had that. We had a lot of pop-ups. We had markets. We had festivals. We, I intentionally did festivals that are not African festivals so mm. someone can't say, oh, well, you're selling it to African people. So mm. obviously it's going to sell out. We want to make it available to everyone. Absolutely. We yeah. did One Day Festival, which is a massive uh, Australian festival that's been around for years and it's yep. literally no Africans. there. sold out. Yep. Yep. So that was a proof of concept and that was what we took to the banks. And we also had media already because the media were very interested from day one because, mm. again, it was very novel. Whoa, Nigerian food in Sydney. Mm. Yes, this is something to write about. But that wasn't really good enough for, for banks to say, oh, yes, yeah. we, we, they're going to back this. And I think for them, it was just like Nigerian food. Nah, it wasn't something that would get them excited because they couldn't, they didn't think it would be something that would last yeah. around for a yeah. while. Yeah. And on top of that, as soon as you started the restaurant, you got hit by COVID. Yeah, literally. Like literally the same month we signed like, the lease. Yeah. Like after everything, you know, going to the yeah, banks, crazy. going to the going to the landlord, getting yeah. everything done, setting up a business. You know, after jumping all of that, who? Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? I swear to you, it's the <laughs> biggest test. What could possibly go wrong? I feel like that was the day I knew I was resilient. I was like, all right, yeah. I don't think anything can shake me. Yeah. I because mean, I was about to. Yeah, you're right. It was it was not pleasant. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, it's it's your livelihood, right? You invested this huge amount Every of money. Every time I had on my life, I think the initial money that went into was like two hundred and fifty k. Yeah, and that's just capital gone. It's not like yeah, I can go and get it back. Everyone has been paid, mm. right? So the money's gone. The yeah. equipment has been bought. The rent's been paid. Yeah. Bond has been paid. 
uh, everything has been ordered. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, oh, I don't want it anymore. Sorry. No, they have your money already. Yep. So it was like, yeah, it was pretty scary. I think COVID for anyone, but for <laughs> for us and- For small business. For small business for, for who's just starting. Yeah, it was really difficult. And it's it's miraculous that you guys were able to come through yeah. the other end, you know, with a, with a running business. Yeah. Considering how many people actually went out of business 100%. During, during that time. 100%. No. We had friends that went out of business. Like yeah. not one, not two, not three. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's hard. It's when hard. You, when you talk to them, they're happy for us that we're still yeah. around. Yeah. But some of them have been in the industry like years and years before us. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, run me through that. So, so once, okay, you are in that situation, the pandemics hit, uh, lockdowns and everything, right? Uh, restaurant, people yeah. are not going to restaurants anymore. Restaurants are shut down. Um, how, once the initial shock went away, yeah. what was your mode of action? Um, t- just take away, did take away food. Um, we did crazy things, crazy things. We did a, uh, cause the original idea was to do a launch party mm. in you know in the venue. Yes. Yeah. So we st- we did a live DJ stream online. So, yeah. Yeah, right. The DJ Classic. Um so he set up in the in the venue. Yeah. I think it was close of course. Yeah. And he wore like a chef apron. Yeah. I remember and he did a live DJ stream and we told everyone to log in. Yeah. And everyone logged in at home and it was it was amazing. And um and I think once people saw that, they were like, nah, these guys are cool. Yeah. Like, you know? They're um, bringing a vibe. It's yes. not just the food, it's a vibe. It, it was. And then we told people, order, order your food so that your food is getting to you. Yeah. And I think um, it was, I think it was a program called Twitch. So I think they could message the DJ yeah, yeah, yeah. while he was playing. And so play like, requests. I think so, yeah. So yeah, I think people right. would be like, oh, my jollof is here. DJ, you know, play this song or whatever. <laughs> and then he was also communicating. And I think that's when people immediately realized now, like, these guys are going to yeah. do something cool. Interesting. Um, so that was that. We did... <laughs> We did crazy things. We did deliveries. Um, it was, we did this thing where we said, wherever you are in Greater Sydney, we will deliver to you. Right. Wherever you are. And we're in Newtown. So just try to wrap your head around this. And people ordered from Manly, Penrith. Wow. Yeah. Opposite ends. Yeah. And we had to do that delivery. Wow. And we did every single delivery. I remember the last one we did was Penrith. I remember that it was, um, it was a friend of mine actually, Ibu Bay, yeah. and we we took the delivery to her. It was I think the food got there at like midnight. Like she yeah. came out in a nightgown. She was like, and she's like, you know what? Thank you. I'm still gonna eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, it's like midnight. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that we did that just re- let people know we're not just going to roll over and die. We're we're gonna fight this with everything. And the community was crazy supportive yeah so supportive i guess everyone. those kind of times actually show you one the resilience that you showed yeah and it also kind of i i think what you were trying to do with little lagos it kind of cemented that spirit didn't it yeah. that in the worst of times yeah there's a pandemic everybody's depressed people are losing jobs they have nothing to do yeah and here are these guys they put on a dj for us yeah you know yeah it, it kind of cemented the spirit that you were trying to bring yeah to the space absolutely yeah i think people felt that and people were more excited about the fact that we're still open. So I think they wanted to keep us open. Mm. So I think a lot of people that were ordering food were probably just doing it just to make sure we're still trading. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's where the community support comes in because yeah. there was a lot of community support. There, there has well, to be. There was a lot. It has to be. And um, yeah, especially around the Newtown area, it's it was like that place was one of the worst hit in terms of like the number yeah. of cases, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner west and like uh, the inner suburbs. Yes. Um, Lockdowns were pretty strict yeah. around that area yeah. as well. 
yeah he was good on you guys good on you guys so once the restrictions went away uh like when the pandemic hit i doubt that you guys would have had enough time to actually calibrate the restaurant that okay what is our operating um no. capacity and like you know you, you wouldn't have been able to calibrate the systems <laughs> no everything was done on the go i mean to be honest with you i think even till now yeah we're just getting our heads around how do you actually run a venue mm. properly because covid was almost 3 years you know people keep thinking oh covid covid was the whole of 2020 the whole of 2021 and more, more than half of 2022 yes and so we forgotten about it now it's like it never happened but all the effects of that is still around now they are you know it's still because imagine two whole years of you trading at 20% capacity yeah and the bills are piling up the bills are piling up and now it's like okay covid is over pay your bills like how am i going to pay my bills yeah, like, i haven't had any business <laughs> two years worth of debt <laughs> you know the eight years like pay or like what it's like you, were you guys around Two years ago or no yeah. so people just not people but a lot of things were expected to snap back into normal but it's not because people lost their jobs people lost their businesses yeah. you think someone who's lost their job is trying to go out and have fun no yeah. they can't find a lot of job even now with i think the way the inflation has gone people's uh, spending trends have gone down of like, course like people are not eating out as yeah, much yeah they're not rent is crazy it is I, in I mean, sydney like, <laughs> just like where are we i'm seeing some of my my i know people that had to move out Yeah. And that's and they have jobs. They have good jobs and it's like I can't afford rent. Yeah. Where do we get to that point where you can't afford rent? Because they've just gone crazy. My rent went up as well where I live. Mm. And I was just like I'm taking you to the tribunal because I've been here 5 years so they backed down but there were people that didn't have that luxury of, yeah. of that. So yeah. you're right. Cost of living crisis, everything is expensive and you still expect people to be out there eating yep. and drinking, not really. Yeah. Made personally my my own rent it went up 20%. Yeah. In one go. Yeah. I had and some that went up 60%. Wow. Like, and it was like, take it or leave it. Yeah. Because there's somebody else waiting. Yeah. Brutal. So, absolutely, you're right. They, it's not over yet. So, we finished COVID. Mm. We're like, oh, COVID is over. And then, boom, it's like... Inflation. Inflation. Cost of living crisis. So, I don't know what's going to be next. <laughs> But at least it. you know that whatever it is, you have a good track record of coming out <laughs> the other end. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> People always say like, you're so strong. I'm like, I don't want to be strong. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be soft. I just want to chill. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It it builds you. Yeah. And that's, look, that's the real world. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? We're the lucky ones. We're in a great country, safe. Yeah. Yep. There's people, you know, back home who are doing it really, really tough. Really? I have family back home and they're like asking for $10 just so they can survive. Yeah. So you can't, take anything here for granted we're for still sure. able to get back and say yeah, yeah you know inflation all right let's yeah. go let's work yeah. hard let's do this yeah. let's do that so absolutely yeah. yes um the resilience is there uh and you have to pivot like you have to think okay what else can we do now you know we have to do all the things we need all the sources of revenue we do merchandise this is our merchandise we sell mm. this we do um ready-made meals now mm. so we're selling that that's selling very well mm. so it, it also helps you to think mm. and to know okay i can't just rely on mm. dine in restaurant i have to think yeah. of other ways to generate revenue i i, I think another um, another thing that you could maybe explore is maybe provide a platform for like uh, young ethnic comics like a stand up night or an yes, open mic yes we're doing that in brisbane are you yes yeah, yeah. um doing a comedy night with anissa yeah she's uh, she's amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah definitely things because, like that because like you're muslim i'm muslim right so i also find that within the um, It's not that we Muslims can't take a joke. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Right? It's but it's just that uh it has to come from an informed point of view. Yeah. 
right? And a lot of times I believe that within the comics and everything, the, the, there's still there's still capacity within the Australian market for ethnic comics yeah. to come up. There, there, there's that side of the society that is underrepresented. Yeah, there, there's a few that I've... Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because there's some guys that, you're right, on Instagram that I see. Yeah. And yeah, their jokes are from the community kind of thing. I think one of them is Lebanese. Yeah. And honestly, like he would make these jokes about growing up as a Lebanese or as a Lebanese Muslim and yeah. a Lebanese family hold. Yeah. And I would be on the floor laughing because I can relate to all of those jokes, even though I'm not Lebanese, but, yeah. you know, in the context of religion, in the context yeah. of ethnicity, in the context yeah. of family values, yeah. like, he would make these jokes and I'd be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. So, yeah, yeah. comedy is definitely, definitely one. I think we're doing that one in Brisbane mm. from November. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, even in Sydney, um, mm. I think, I think comedy nights would be cool also because it's more relaxed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, people can come and have a good laugh. Yeah, just, just come and have a drink, yeah. you know, and just enjoy the comedy. Plus, it also, if you, if you do, like, open mic nights, that gives a chance for, like, younger artists yes, to, to, to come up. Yes, to test their material. Test their material. Yeah, yeah absolutely. E- everybody has a good time. Yeah, absolutely. T- tell me more about the business side in Brisbane. Like, uh, okay, once you once you um, got settled in Newtown, in Sydney, yeah. uh, when did you actually decide that, okay, we need to take this somewhere else? Uh, earlier this year, we've been thinking about uh, Brisbane is... Um, growing it's growing as you know it's going to host the olympics yep. in less than eight years yeah and that's a mass every country in the world coming down to brisbane right um so the infrastructure is there the population is there as well it's mm. fast growing i personally had close to 10 people that i knew that moved to brisbane from sydney yep. um so I, b- I believe the cost of living there also is not as bad as sydney and melbourne yep so yeah, we thought, okay, that might be good. That might be a good place to start. It's a long-term investment for us, for Brisbane. We think that mm. it will take yeah. a few years for it to pick up, but it's also better to get in there. And is that also called Little Lagos? Yeah, it's called Lecky by Little Lagos. So Lecky is a, is a suburb in Lagos. Okay. So each new one will be a suburb by, you know, named after Lagos. Love it. Love yeah. that. <laughs> Love the yeah. idea. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Brisbane. And I think Melbourne is where we're thinking... Really thinking about Melbourne now. And Kemi is your head chef? Yeah, so Kemi's a head chef and she's a co-owner in the Brisbane one. In the Brisbane one. Yes, that's also like equity and growing the community and having more business owners as opposed to one guy employing 500 people. Yeah. You could have 100 people employing 5,000 people. So yeah, so she's a co-owner there Mm. and then she's able to also kind of run that. Yep. And then, you know, if we go to Melbourne, we'll probably get another co-owner and, and things like that. Yeah, right. right, right. So, so Kimmy's been uh, with you since the start of the journey? She? Not from the very start. I think she jumped on the train halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she she was very determined. She knew what she wanted. She was like, I want to have my own venue someday. I was like, done. Yeah. Give me two years. Yeah. And that's what happened. So she pretty much ran the Sydney one to get herself ready. Sure. She was like the operations yep. um, manager, de facto operations manager, mm. to get an idea of how things work, yep. what happens behind the house, front yeah. of house. Yeah. And then when she was, felt like, yeah, we're yeah. ready. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. do no, it. I'm, I'm really hoping to get Kemi on here as well. Kemi, yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> you're, 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 you're coming up <laughs> yes. on the seat next. <laughs> so um, what's next for Little Lagos or for, or for yourself? Yeah. In where, where are you right now, personally? Where, yeah. do, where do you find yourself? Um... I think I'm back to where I was before COVID, which is not great because the challenges haven't really decreased. They're actually more now because now there's two venues. Mm. There's the cost of living crisis that we talked about. There's a little bit of uncertainty in the economy. 
So it's not really time to relax and say, yeah, everything is good. It's actually time to get on the front foot and think what happens if there's a recession? God forbid. What happens if the economy dips even lower? What happens if things get worse? We all know hospitality is the first to get affected, frontline. So I think, unfortunately, I'm kind of back in that stress mode of 2020 because mm. I'm not fighting COVID now. I'm just fighting, you know. To get enough people in the door. Yeah, and, and to sustain the brand and to make sure, regardless of what happens, we're ready, we're prepared so that yeah. we, can, we can take it. So that's where I am right now. Yeah. The future is to um, franchise. So that's where, in terms of the business now, so uh, we're now preparing the franchise um, model yeah. for it um, because there needs to be one in every state and territory in Australia. That's that's the dream. By 2030, mm. there has to be one in every single state and territory so that, yeah. you know, you're here, you got work in yeah. Northern Territory. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to worry. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can go there. Just the way there's a... Yep. There's an Indian restaurant in every state and territory in this you country. You want a Nigerian. You want one suburb. Absolutely. In every major absolutely. city. I, I love that yeah. idea. The, the suburb names, yeah. I absolutely love that yeah. idea. So that's um that's the dream. That's yeah. the goal. So with the franchising, we also now we're talking to investors more seriously because I think now we've kind of proven that this can work. We just need more capital. We need more people to, you know, people that have the, the money and um, that want to invest. Like, mm. okay, you're not close, you survived COVID, okay, fine. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yes. you, you must have done something, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah the proof of concept you spoke about earlier. Yeah. I feel like now there's more confidence in people when we talk to them, mm. say, okay, okay. You know, um, so that's where, that's where I am now personally, just kind of working out, you know, making sure there's multiple revenue streams mm. so that if one gets affected, the other one keeps going. Yep. They're ready to eat meals, that's going well. So we're doing the meat pies now, that's in stores. Okay. So we need to expand that to yeah. make it um, a bit more more national because at the, at the time at, the t- at this time it's only two states that we cover. Mm. We want to expand it to all the states. What's the ready to eat meals? Concept? So it's Nigerian meat pie. Yeah, uh, it's one of the most popular items yeah. in the store sure. because it's got literally no chili at all, and the kids love it because the pastry is very nice. Yeah. So we're already selling that in the box now, mm-hmm. where you just pop it in the oven. Mm hit it for 30 minutes and it's, it's ready to go. People love it because when they're at parties or they have a little gathering, they just buy a few of it mm-hmm. and they just heat it up and it's ready. They don't have to bake it or anything like that. So, so it's, we a, start it, it's under the brand of Little Lux? Yes, yes, it is. And we started it about a year ago. We're testing the market. And now we can see the demand. Every week, the stores who carry it, they want more. Yeah. But it's still a long way from, obviously, national and being yeah. able to have it in every store. Yeah. And eventually, we want to do the other dishes as well mm. that are quite popular. Mm. A lot of the dishes are very popular. Yeah. And not everyone wants to come to Newtown every time they f- they have a craving. It's, it's because it's difficult. It's yeah, getting, far. Yeah, getting into yeah. Newtown is difficult. If you live here in Bella Vista, for example, yeah. and yeah. you have to go to Newtown, you're going to yeah. think about it. like On a Saturday uh, night. Yeah. And then you struggle with parking when yeah. you get to the city. And then you have to come back home. So we're trying to make it more accessible. For yeah, maybe make a little western suburb yeah. Lagos. We actually wanted to in Para. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? I think the whole, you know, that it's Street, Church Street in Para. That's it. It just took too long. I, we went there like two years, and they were still building. I was like, when are they gonna finish building? Oh, you mean the the the, the, the main rail, strip? Yeah, the rail system. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's done now. I don't know for sure. Either. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Yeah, either. It's I, haven't, going I, on I, I, I haven't been there for a while. Yeah, because I used yeah. to live in Para. Wow. And okay. Yeah. So we did think about Paramata actually. Yeah. I thought Paramata yeah. would be cool, but because I can tell you, uh, because I tried the food, right? Yeah. Pakistani and Indian people would love yes. Nigerian food. Yeah. 
Absolutely agree. Because I I within the taste, within the spices, the flavors, there's a huge overlap yeah. with India and Pakistan. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you'd have a lot of customers from that side as well. Um I'll also be posting a link for Little Lagos and the 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 Google Maps link in in the description for this as well. I'll also be posting a link somewhere up here on the screen. If anybody wants to go and try out Little Lagos, I mean, I absolutely loved the the vibe of it and the food and um Yeah, just do do give it a try. <laughs> right. So, um are you going to be heading back up to Brisbane now? Yes, I have to go are, back. Are you, are you living in Brisbane now? I live in both. Yeah. yeah. I live in Sydney and Brisbane, but um there's a lot of exciting things happening in Brisbane, a lot. We've got um we've got a singles night, which is another f- a huge um when I talked about black spaces. Yeah. Um a lot of people from the black community find it hard to date. You know, you have to be on an app You don't know what you're swiping on, who you're talking to. Yeah, you know, people people lie about their height. I hear stories about those apps, and I'm just laughing. Yeah, like why would you lie about your height? Because when someone sees you, they can clearly see you're not six <laughs> two. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, I hope when they see me, they you know they change their mind because they already think I'm awesome. But yeah, um, that's uh, funny yeah. stories about that. And yeah. then I was like, we need a space where you know black people can just mingle, yeah. network, talk yeah. to each other. Um, yeah. Oh, give, give each other business advice, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're doing that, um, and then we're doing uh, monthly live music mm-hmm. um, in Brisbane as well, and then we're doing a festival. So Brisbane is starting to like get busy with a lot of events and activities. Yeah, happening. yeah. So it does require me to be there quite often, mm. uh, and I think we're very excited about that because now it's summer, you know, and a lot of people are outside. It's a lot of yeah. events and activities. So in Brisbane, are you guys again based somewhere yes. near, near the city center? Yes. Yeah, we're in the West End. Okay. It's literally ten minute walk from CBD. Okay. Yeah, and and it's a little bit like Newtown, uh, in terms of the demographics. There's a lot of food shops mm. and small businesses around that area. I love it absolutely. Love yeah. it. Thank you again so much for coming down. Like this oh, was a conversation. Th- this was this was one of the conversations that I really really <laughs> was looking forward to. <laughs> Thank you. And it completely lived up to the hype. Thank you. And, Thank and, you so and much. And beyond this, like if you're ever down in Sydney again, I I would love to ha- have a sit down with you and discuss history someday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's It's the time for it now because of everything happening in the world. In the world. And I think um if you don't have a good um knowledge of history, yeah. you're not going to be able to make an informed decision because you're talking about the now. Yep. And you have to go back sometimes a hundred years yep. to be like, Oh, that's where it started. That's why what's happening today has happened, exactly, you know? And exactly. yeah, for, for people like us like that come from colonized countries. Um, history is extremely important not to make the same mistakes before and to understand the state of affairs yeah. um, in, in, in the country. It's, you know, I, I say to, um, when I meet people that don't speak their language, they don't speak Yoruba, I'm always like, why? And a lot of them is like, oh, my parents didn't want me to speak my language. They wanted me to speak English because they wanted me to fit in society. They wanted me to be able to get a job. Yeah. So they even gave me English names. Like my name is Anthony or Evelyn or Michael. Yeah. It's like, it's sad. Exactly. Do you get what I mean? Because it's like, you because that is exactly what colonization does. Yeah, that's it. It, it, it wipes away your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. It takes away every aspect of you that the, the English people forbade us from speaking our language, and then you're self-colonizing yourself. You know, yeah. because you think it's going to give you an edge in life. But, yeah. um, but that's all historical fact. And I was I was having a chat with one of my friends who had a kid, and I was like, "Can you please give that kid a Nigerian name, like a, if you're Yoruba or Igbo, so that he has an identity?" And mm. of course, he can. I speak English. It's not my first language. Um, but I also speak my language 
and my kids will speak their language and they'll know where they're from and their story and yeah. their sense of self. So I think, yeah, I think history is very important. And for, for a lot of people, we have very short-term memory as well. You know, we only remember what happened the last five years, yeah. not yeah. what's happened before. And like you said, with, with countries that have had a past of colonization, that yeah. have been colonized, now in this day and age where, thanks to the internet and social media, a lot of these narratives... Yeah. Beca- because all we've known about history is the narrative of the colonizer. Of course. The books that we read were written right. by them. Yeah. So now because of the internet, these alternate narratives of history are coming up. And that is good because that gives a different perspective of history and the events from the indigenous people's point of view. Right? Yeah. And it is important for us to now then communicate that story to the Western civilizations. Yeah. I mean, the people who were the colonizers. Yeah. I mean, of course, the, I, I'm sure if you, if you sit down with any... British person, right? And you bring up the idea of colonization, they would get awkward. Yeah. They don't know how to react to it. Yeah. Because it's something that is part of history. Everybody knows about yeah. it. They're not necessarily proud of it, but yeah. but they don't know how to have that conversation. And in that case, I think the responsibility falls on people like us yeah. that we need to make these conversations easy. Yeah. We need to facilitate these conversations. Yeah. And unless we can have an honest and open conversation about what was done what repercussions it had, yeah. the consequences it had, yeah. we'll never be able to create a sense of empathy between any civilization. Yeah, and you're not going to heal properly because you can't just be in denial and say, well, I didn't colonize anyone. So, uh, you know, it's not my fault. I've no, It's like, yeah, but the, the benefits of colonization, you're directly profiting off it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're definitely in a, in a better position because you came from a a background or a country where they've gone and they've looted everything from another country and enriched themselves, built a prosperous society for themselves, yeah. which you're able to take advantage of now. Yeah. And those are the people who have to start from scratch, from 60 years of, of being looted and yeah. having everything taken from them. Absolutely. But and, and yeah. Plus, on top of that, people, the, the colonies that you left, you gave them independence, but you also left them with a sense of confused identity. Yeah. People like with Nigeria, for example. Yeah. One of the oldest civilizations in the world. Yeah, that's true. You know, in the in the world. Um, if if anybody has any interest in this, go and search up indigenous Nigerian metalwork. This was metalwork and craftsmanship that was done in the 1100s, the 1000 AD, yeah. and the the detail in the craftsmanship of all yeah. that stuff. It's it's. I mean, even to this day, you cannot find the 100%, same kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So so these are histories. These are cultures that were. Uh, that that were cosmetically wiped out. Yeah. That you know this is this is a part of your past that you're not supposed <laughs> to know. Yeah. Like like they, they, you treat your history as if it's something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Yeah yeah you're absolutely right. I think uh, there was a story the other day about some of the masks that were taken yeah. um, from the Benin Empire. So the yeah. Benin Empire is one of the largest empires, um, and where direct descendants of the Benin Empire. Mm. That's how big it was. And they had this mask they used to make. Like you said, the the design. Even now, I look at it and I'm like, how did they even get this done? And the details in the design as well. Absolutely. So yeah, and I think they were asking for some of them to be returned because they were stolen and they're in the British Museum somewhere in London. And And we talk about economies and stuff. Back then, Africa was the... I, 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 I'm I not sure if India was the biggest economy or Africa, but African countries were up there. They were one of the largest economies. Yeah, in terms economies. of trade. In terms yeah, of trade, these, yeah. these, the, the Benin Empire, like yeah. you said, it's one of the most profitable yeah. empires in yeah. history. The kings were, they were, they were rich. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a whole different conversation. conversation. <laughs> no, but we'll, we'll definitely, I, I would definitely earmark this. I'll, I want to have this conversation again. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I always tend to end the conversation yeah. with the nugget of truth. Okay. So, so, so Ade, the mic is yours. One nugget of truth that life has taught you with all of your experiences in Lagos, outside of Lagos, yeah. creating little Lagos. Yeah. One nugget of truth that life has taught you that you can pass on to people. There's goodness in everyone. That's my nugget of truth. Um, every single person has goodness in them. Yeah. Um, whether they decide to show it to you or to other people is different. But deep down in the fabric of every human being, um, there is goodness. There is goodness. Yes. And we need to promote that more and try to connect with Yes. That. I think I seek the goodness in people first. If I can't find it, not because it's not there, mm. but I can't find it, you know, it's not accessible to me then. I'm happy to say, okay, fair, but I think everyone's kind deep down in them. Mm. Uh, everyone has has has, a, has has some goodness in them, and I think we should try to seek that out rather than, you know, judging or seeing the worst in people. I don't see the worst in people. Mm. I always try to look for the for the absolute best in them because that that's good for both of us as opposed to going in with a negative mindset already. So yeah, that's my nugget of truth. <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful point to end the podcast on, I believe. Ade, once again, thank you so much for being uh, on here. Thank you. I'd love to have you. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to have you over again. And for all of you who enjoyed this podcast, um, please give us a follow on all of all, all these uh, social media platforms. We have all of our short form content, all of the highlight reels from this conversation as well will be coming up on those platforms. So give us a follow. Also take a second out of your time to hit that subscribe button, help us grow our viewership. Uh, until that time, this has been In The Gap. I've been Hussain and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.